I want to change everything, my money, my health, my this, my that. And it's like these really big macro things, but what's affecting it are the little micro things that you're not focusing on. And if you were to take on the little small things every single day, the macro is going to change by itself. It's going to be a side effect of just the micro details. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right, everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode here of the Satori Prime Have It All podcast. I have a extra special guest for you guys today. Uh, you probably heard me speaking about him with uh, with Marcy and Michael and some other people just mentioning uh, him and his work and um, been living to want to have him on our podcast and just have a conversation with him. He's also a good friend. And uh, somebody I've been getting to know more and more over the last year and definitely an honor and a privilege to uh, to know Amateo Ross. I wanted to bring him out here to share his story, share his genius, uh, share his work, even talk about some of the work that we've done together and um, just kind of see where the conversation takes us today. So what's up, dude? Oh, (laughs) man, things are good. Uh, You know, it's just a it's just a fucking honor. I was thinking about before this podcast and I was like, I feel like. I feel like you are like a sacred super soldier. Like, <laughs> that's good. I'm gonna, I might have to use that. Okay. Like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're like a sacred super soldier. I was like, you, I just feel like you just get like all the upgrades and you're just tinkering and, and you're just turning all the dials. You're just DJing your genetics. <laughs> you're just fucking DJing your genetics on the regular. Mm. And, uh, and I get to see these like, rapid real-time results and uh man it's just it's fucking inspiring dude so just <laughs> I, I, I one i just want to thank you and honor you and i'm just stoked to jam today that's that's amazing thank you for the uh really really beautiful words and uh man i mean you and i have a, a storied storied history without having a storied history uh i won't get, i won't get into all that because i think that's just details that are just sure. too many details yeah um but uh you know i should met, we share that at a glance though just because it's value rich i mean feel free I, you know what i think i think there is value in that because i don't think it's the way that um people operate or people people expect people to operate and they're I, I often wonder, I'm like, people must be sitting there going, like, how the fuck is this happening? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, do you want to share or shall I from my perspective? Either way, uh, just go with me. Uh, why don't you start and then I'll build upon it. Okay, so just just like a little bit of background, like how Amteo and I know each other is uh, my former, uh, Jordan, is, I guess, Amateo's current. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Language you got on that one. Yeah. Uh, so my former is his current. Um, and we've just become really great friends and people who are super supportive of each other. Um, you know, even when I was with Jordan, like we were very centered in our work around human potential and human transformation. She worked for Tony Robbins for a long time. 
Um, and when she got together with Amateo, like anybody else, it took me took me a little while to, to get used to the idea. But you know, the more I got to know him, so, so did her working with her ex boyfriend, who's like a super sacred super soldier. So I was also <laughs> also like, whoa, all right, yeah. Uh, and, and I think it says a lot, you know, for, for the work that him and I have done uh, on ourselves and um, just allowing space for that. You know, it's like one of these situations where I think from the outside looks a little bit wonky, but it just really works for us. And we, uh, you know, even over the last like three, four five months, we've just gotten a lot closer. And yeah. I think we're starting to see a lot of like, divine contracts between us, like these like soul contracts in terms of like, holy shit, like we're all super aligned with what we want to work on. And there's a synergy here and a capacity to possibly start working together. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about you guys' program, me going through your program, starting a new program. Totally. Yeah. And then even uh, that one, we're wanting to move that to the East Coast and then possibly doing a program in my parents' house. It's so, so it's kind of it's kind of been this like amazing uh, connect the dots type of experience. But um, I mean. <laughs> Amateo has some of the most interesting stories I've ever heard. So asking him to share any of them is like, I don't even know which one of the Pandora's box. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I just want to share one thing yeah, about what you just said uh, that, that I really uh, want to just like, kind of acknowledge and appreciate. Um, one of the things like, so if anyone's ever gone through this or is currently going through this, when mm-hmm. like they're, they've been in a relationship with an amazing person, maybe that container changes but there's still a friendship. There's still a soul contract. You're not trying to just like extradite the person out of your life. You, you, you love that person for a reason. And, and when I met Guy, I knew that the number one thing we both had that was even getting in the way between us was that we were protective of the same thing. Mm. <laughs> so he, was, he was protective of her and, and, and because she's so incredible and precious. And I was too. Mm. And, and, and when I realized that, I was like, damn, like, like we actually just have the same value, which is protecting a woman who we really see is just extraordinary. And, and I think once, once I was able to really get that, whatever just lifted. I mean, not that there was even really that much there. We were just figuring each other out because we just have big personalities. But um, that was just huge. And it was, and I love that because I'm, I consider myself a, a divine protector of the, the, the feminine. And I know that you do too. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, like that just was like, oh, it just bottomed out in terms of like, we're on the same mission together, obviously. And then now we've been able to sync. Totally. Yeah. And just like speaking into that a little bit more, um, you know, for me, the a huge lesson with Jordan and, and with Katie also has been when, when those relationships and those contracts like ended um, was actually finding new ways to love them. Uh, because I, you know, I think, for a lot of people and for me too, is like love is like, has a lot of needs to it. And you're like, you're, you're wanting and this experience you're having with this person and what it gives you. And it turns, and it could be very easily turn into control and manipulation, like wanting to control, manipulate people to act the way you want them to act, to be how you want them to be. And when, when those relationships ended for me, I was like, okay, well, I genuinely love this person, which means I stand for their highest and greatest self, no matter what that looks like, whether I'm in agreement, not agreement, doesn't matter. It's like, I just stand for their greatness um, and I have to say, like, my my experience with Jordan and with Katie also is, like, my experience with of love has only, like, changed and grown and mm-hmm. in this time period, whether or not we were together. And that was a really unique experience for me and really taught me new ways of being in, like, in love with people mm-hmm. where it, it just gave it a lot of room to just show up the way it needs to show up versus how we think that we're supposed to experience love, how mm-hmm. love is supposed to look in our world 
Um, it gave me a lot of freedom, honestly. It really has. It's been huge lessons for me over this last year. I could see that too. And because um, I've had, you know, we've had our own like circuit fold in that way. Like one of my like primary ex-partners ended up helping us with a retreat that we were doing with Jordan mm-hmm. and I. And, and so it's been really cool to see how we can kind of like nurture and continue to move forward as a cohesive tribe because we're just too precious to each <laughs> other to like not move forward in that together. So I do think that there's so much permission to just, yeah, find that new way to love. Uh, and uh, maybe there's something also in there too about just being okay with kind of being like a lover and a papa bear for the family and the tribe, right? Totally. Yeah, great stuff. Great. So yeah, interesting Interesting getting to know each other like that. Um, what I wanted to ask, you know, because you have, I mean, man, Amateo has literally had some of the most interesting circumstances in life. So I guess like when you meet somebody, like a stranger, yeah, and they're like, "Who the fuck are you? What what's like uh, the general way they introduce yourself?" Well, I usually introduce myself with a little bit of normalcy first, <laughs> but uh, I'll give the full blanket here. I mean, I introduce myself as a, a top coach for for conscious entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers. You know, I I, I am a, a coach and a producer. We we kind of run a uh, talent ag- agency for the gifted mm. <laughs> in a way, you know, we, we, we really are looking to bring together incredibly gifted people and then help them get further out into the world stage. We also do consulting with, uh, organizations and leaders and people to help bring more unified consciousness mindset, you know, flow state consciousness, uh, accessibilities into what they're building and doing. Uh, and so there's there's a real beautiful structure in terms of how uh, we support and serve. But behind that structure, behind the label of coach or consultant mm-hmm. or you know author speaker, is my spiritual background and my metaphysical background that brought me into this world. And and uh, in that way, it's rather unique because my spiritual background is galactic in nature, and and uh, working with metaphysical mystery school domains of information for years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is the foundation of who I am. And, you know, even in this last year, that's what got me into entrepreneurship and, and then entrepreneurship was its own consuming creature. And now that's coming back even more full circle. Love it. Can you, uh, just for people listening, uh, create a distinction around mystery school? Cause I don't think that's ever come up in conversation from people we've interviewed. And I, I don't think most people have any clue what that actually is. Yeah, that's great. So um, this is a really important conversation, actually. Mm. Uh, So since the beginning of time, I mean, you look at every single uh, ancient culture, ancient lineage, uh, you look at Egypt, you you look at Sumerian times, you look at the mythical, you know, societies of Atlantis and Lumeria, if that's something that's in your belief system. And what you see is that there was these uh, private sects of, of initiates. So these groups, these communities of people who had great influence and great power and had done an incredible amount of evolutionary work on themselves. Many of them were chosen as children to be brought up inside of these mystery schools where they were unpacked the secrets of the universe. Mm. And these core groups of people were then assigned to protecting and preserving these secrets of the universe for millennia. 
And not only were they assigned to protect and preserve, they were assigned to be this nexus and a hub of receiving data that then gets distributed to the culture and the society. So these mystery schools, some of them, you know, you start to get into the research of this and you can see these tethers. One of them that's more public that still exists today is the Modern Mystery School. You know, you, people can look that up. And, and, you know, their story, I haven't gotten to see the proof myself, but their story is that they can have a, they have a track record that goes back hundreds to thousands of years. And there's names in their books of initiates of Nikola Tesla. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if it's Thomas Edison, but like other real influential thinkers that defied uh, convention. Mm-hmm. And, and mystery schools have been this like, we influence society and culture, but we also defy a certain level of convention because our convention is, is the truth, whatever that may be. You know, the, the kind of universal sciences that are cross-applicable throughout time that maybe could balance the disparaging science between uh, uh, astronomy and quantum physics, right? So there has been these groups that have been protecting these bodies of work and then finding people or people find it and bring them in, bring them through initiation sequences and start to illumine and enlighten them to inherent gifts and just kind of like pulling back the veil of how things work. You know, when, when I hear stuff like that, it sounds to me like Illuminati, which I also think has gotten like this bad rap, you know, Illuminati meaning the illuminated ones at least from research I've done, even when you look at like presidents and different people, there's like certain signs that they do with their hands and you could see them standing around in public and like doing these Illuminati signs and whatever, like 33rd Masons and all that kind of crap. Totally. Are, are, are we distinguishing this as kind of living in the same world? Because it does seem like important people throughout history have been part of these like, you know, underground secret organizations and are being illuminated to the truth of things and then are using that to elevate their status. And I mean, people like Tesla obviously was definitely pushing to tr- try to create massive transformation in the world, mm-hmm. got buried by, you know, uh, Edison and whatever else that you believe. Right. Um, so, I mean, are we, are we saying these are kind of like in conjunction working together? It's a great question. I think what we see is we kind of go to these taproot moments where things branched, where you had maybe what was pure and whole, and then others carried it into interpretation. Talking about the Masons, for instance, if I remember this correctly, the, the Masons were building Egypt and there was a, a, a secret society that was governing the building of these temples. But, but the Masons started to disagree with how things were being ran. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they didn't like the, the, the way that things were being ruled. And in their interpretation, they thought that the guidance they were receiving was out of sync with the mathematical principles of the universe. Mm. And so they were like, peace, which is why they became the free Masons. Mm. They were no longer the Masons that were being controlled by people. So the whole Freemason world came from them going, you know what, we're going to create our own mystery school to protect our sciences. But the truth is, you've got a full spectrum of this world from dark to light. And I think that initially, everyone got in with good intentions. Mm. You know, when people, when, when our founding fathers, which was its own mastermind and mystery school, came to this continent, they wanted to build a new earth. They, they didn't want the, the oligarchy of controlling oppressive powers. They wanted a decentralized democracy. Mm. 
they had all these great intentions, but then their politics ended up creating a, a stagnant system of rules and regulations and laws and principles that uh, are oppressive in nature and kind of defy. So I think we see good intentions. And I think that when it comes to mystery schools, you still see a big gradient all over the planet. And you see still to this day, a lot of really good people that are trying to preserve and keep things pure. But you also have full on Illuminati mystery schools that are doing black magic and all sorts of other stuff. And that's a whole rabbit hole event. And, and for me, I don't, I, I'm kind of skeptical by nature, but I think a lot of that shit's pretty real. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it brings up an interesting, well, two interesting points for me is, um, you know, the first is with me and you being guided so much towards like global transformation and disclosure of information that can really help people and, and allow them to awaken their DNA, cellular remembrance, like all sorts of really interesting stuff. You know, my concern in the background, if I have any, is that our history shows us that when these great moments of transformation in history happen, that the disciples of the disciples get it wrong and they, and they muddle and lose the message like a, like a game of telephone by the, you know, the third or fourth person. It's like, I love you turns into elephant shoes. And before you know it, like, you know, you've, you've lost the message. So I, I always have that in the background, like, okay, well, we, we could reach this enlightenment state. And, and the reason I, I'm not concerned too much about that, I'm bringing it up just as like a, my brain, it's cute that it's thinking that kind of conversation yeah. is because astrologically speaking, everything is in a day and nighttime, awaking and sleeping. And we go through these periods of enlightenment and then we sleep and we kind of go through these dark ages. And mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of evidence to look all around I right. think the planet for the you know enlightenment periods have clearly happened before. Yeah, the new renaissance is rising and falling. Totally, right? And and everything about our mythology that people think, oh, that's cute to think about. It's like, no, the Atlantean was real. And there was all these Atlantean societies all over the planet. There were these super high science societies and enlightened societies of the Mayans and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if you want to speak into that or have any opinions on that. Um, well, I think I have a secondary it- question for after that. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's something valid there. And I think what's valid is in an age of information, um, information is not initiation. And in the age of information, the world becomes a, a whole string of telephone. But, but here's <laughs> what's so tricky is that, like, I can go to blogs that have all these spiritual principles. And, and I mean, I go to some of these websites with spiritual archives, and there's so much that's accurate. And then I click on this link, and I'm like, Oh, what the fuck is this? Like, this is this is some weird, <laughs> like, and, and and just because I've been, uh, you know, uh, uh, a little bit of an OG of my study of this stuff, if you will, uh, <laughs> uh, I can kind of sift through some of that stuff. Not all of it. I definitely don't. Uh, you know, there's a lot for me to learn, but I can sure. tell. I can sniff it out when it when it smells like bullshit. But initiation is key, and I, and I think that what we're all learning is how to preserve and protect our wisdom and how to preserve and protect the purity of, of what we possess and the, the transmissions that are living inside of us and then how to impart them on others in a way that creates a protection or a preservation. And, you know, the art of initiation for all intensive purposes is a little bit of a lost one. Uh, you know, we see in even developing tribes that have now come in contact with Western civilization that rites of passage are monumental. Mm. 
I mean, still on the Amazon today, they have a rite of passage where they put the most painfully stinging animal on the planet into a whole bunch of gloves. And it's a bunch of ants, these bullet ants, and you stick your hands in a bunch of gloves with bullet ants. And, and I thought that that was a once in a lifetime. Like you're a man, you're like you're going to get stung and this is going to suck. <laughs> you go through that initiation, like the elder has gone through it like 50 times. Ugh. Oh, and oh, not that I'm saying like that's the way to go or anything, you know, like, but, but there's something, there's something that we're still remembering and that's coming back online because, you know, that excruciating pain, that's going to change a man. Yeah. And, and, and you put someone through that and, and you can, and, and inside of that, you impart wisdom of what it means to kind of suffer here. So you don't have to suffer anywhere else in your life. We start to see what's possible here. And, and, you know, to be honest, I'm still, I feel like a real novice when it comes to initiation. Mm. Um, I feel like there's a lot for me to learn. Um, I'm just passionate about seeing this emerge more regularly. So we're adding like a hazing thing into the galactic, uh, <laughs> the galactic right. teachings. The obsidian to the scrotum on. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, well, here's my question about that, right? Because I've been I've been playing with this idea too. Actually, the last transmission that came through me hmm. was this concept of as we lived in the patriarchal society, patriarchy holds up and admires pain. If you've been through more pain. High five. You're awesome. You've been through a lot. Like we look at war veterans that way. If you've been through a war veteran, right? Like, yeah, round of applause for you. So we've set up a society that's admiring pain. And because we're admiring pain, what we're setting is we're setting up that pain, like, like having painful experiences as part of life Mm -hmm. and an expectation for that. And then you have to go through that in order to be admired in order to like, uh, you know, build that muscle and build that strength and so on and so forth. On the opposite side of the spectrum, we have pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that people are significantly worse at receiving pleasure than they are, you know, accepting pain in their life. And I'm like, yeah. it's kind of an interesting paradigm that we're so bad at receiving pleasure. And that right. seems to be more like the matriarchal way. So it's like, there is this rising of the divine feminine and like playing with these new energies. So I wondered to myself if like the initiations that we've seen have been part of that patriarchy for a long time. And could we circumvent like initiations that are much more about like, Hey, how much, you know, how much love can we receive? Cause there are, um, tribes in Africa too, that when somebody, this was like a viral thing that went online and I hope it's true because it's so beautiful that when somebody does something bad in that tribe, they all stand around mm-hmm. and like pray and remind this person why they're so good and like speak their goodness to them all the time and like transform them through goodness, which to me seems more patriarchal. Yeah. I, you know, I love that, man. Um, I love that. I think that we need challenge in some way, but I don't think we need pain. Mm. You know, I, I think that, that that maybe uh, a small amount, but but it can be a, a microdose. You know, it doesn't have to be a <laughs> macrodose. It doesn't mm. it definitely doesn't have to be a cultural paradigm. I think that we still need some kind of challenge. I think, um, you know, uh, but the idea of of what is matriarch matriarchal feminine based initiation methodologies, man, that is like a huge conversation, and I think that. There's uh, some beautiful women that are starting to bring that back and discover what that is. And I think they're even testing and experimenting with them in their, you mm. know, goddess circles and their, you know, their priestess retreats and, you know, starting to be more aware of what that is. Uh, and I, I just invite that in a lot because I think that it's, you're, you're right on the money there. 
I'm the kind of person who still might want a Tough mutter, you know, uh, but, but does that mean, uh, but I, I like that for a certain de- demonstration for my own self-will and challenge. Um, but do I need to destroy myself in order to grow? And, and am I looking for pain and suffering? I think that these are big questions that's important for us to examine right now. And I agree. I mean, this <laughs> is kind of a funny reference, but, uh, you know, you, you see some, some decentralized matriarchal uh, governance in uh, like the rainbow gathering, which has like this very long rooted uh, counterculture history. It's a very strange place Hmm. where everyone is welcome with all of their quirks. Um, And everything is, you know, whereas in, in burning man, people invest thousands of dollars to make things free. Um, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes millions sometimes millions and that's one of my biggest issues with burning man is like it's a gift culture it's like uh no it's a it's it's a christmas culture Mm. it's a christmas culture and and i i like it i think it's i think they're onto something but you know you look at you look at uh, a rainbow gathering and you you see these kitchens that that don't have any electricity that do everything wood burning and they get thousands of pounds of food donated before arriving on site and it's all stuff that was maybe just right about to go to waste or, you know, was the ends and odds of or ugly produce people didn't want to pick out because that tomato looked at them funny or whatever it was. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, they come together and they feed people and, mm. and you know, they commit to that. And, uh, but one of the things, the reason why I think that it's interesting is when people get into a fight or an argument, and I actually got to see it, when pe- there was, there was uh, two guys and their dogs started fighting. And you could see they went to pull the dogs apart and the guys got heated and like the, the, the fight of the dog transferred to them. Mm. And they started fighting and immediately, within seconds, this entire group got around them, started just moving back and forth and oming. <laughs> and the guys were so shocked. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't see it with my own eyes. They were shocked at what was happening and they got, they started to well up. They gave each other a hug. They all sat down and they all gave some ohms together and they were all laughing and, mm. you know, s- smoking a spliff or something, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was remarkable. Um, it's remarkable. And, and it's funny what happens. I'll tell one, one other little anecdote. Cause this is actually a favorite story of mine. There was another moment of this, you know, I think you're onto something with this kind of like feminine based, decentralization method and and another people will say things won't get done or how will things happen i think you know i've used the phrase a synchronistic society or a synchronized society and one of my favorite displays of this also happened at a rainbow gathering um they were there was kind of a rowdy kitchen and they went to uh build the fire to create lunch and one of the rowdy guys went to pour a little bit of like kerosene out of a can mm-hmm. onto the thing to just make it start faster. And someone lit it preemptively and the whole stream of kerosene was on fire from the can going mm. all the way back to the nozzle. The guy throws the can and the fire sprays out all over. We're in the National Forest of Washington. This is a, a tremendous, the whole, this, this, we could just be causing an immense wildfire. This whole fire, I, I'm walking towards the camp. I don't see this happen. I heard this after the mark. The whole thing starts catching fire, and every, all of a sudden, everyone goes, fire, water, buckets. And you hear the announcement spread from person to person mm. immediately. Mm. I mean, 
across thousands of people and thousands of people start rushing forward with water and buckets. People start climbing trees immediately. People climb tree, 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 pass the bucket, 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 up the tree. The whole fire was contained within three minutes. There was no leadership. There was no nothing. There was survival. There was necessity. There was love. Now, this whole world that is Rainbow Gathering, I'm not, I'm not praising it. There's a lot of issues. There's drug abuse. There's violence. There's rape. There's, there's real issues here. There's, you mean there's humans there? Yes, exactly. <laughs> there's some real fucking humans there. Yeah, yeah. There's some real fucking humans there. But that was, that was profound. And, and, mm. and I got there. The fire was already being put out. I was running full speed. By the time I got there, it was just smoldering. And there was water and there was people and I was running full speed. I wasn't that far away. That changed me forever, man. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what keeps coming up for me is like te- teaching without hazing. Mm. <clears throat> like just, just that. Cause like, you know, your mom, when you're a little boy, little girl, and you do something that's inappropriate or whatever and whatever that even means, but just it doesn't come around and just like beats the living hell out of you to beat the lesson into you. There's a gentleness there. There's a fierceness there the way that a bear, you know, like a mama bear is with her cub, there's like a fierceness there. It doesn't mean that it's not, uh, doesn't have power or ability or anything else like that. And and I think, you know, there's a few people commenting here about like, you know, that we're identifying, identifying toxic masculinity, which is possible. You know, I mean, like we're not at that stage in human evolution where everyone's balanced. I mean, I've done 14 years of work consistently, endlessly. I'm not balanced, you know, and, and it'll probably be a lifetime journey until you're, truly like a real avatar you know and Absolutely. you're just in that part of the karmic cycle um so just to kind of take it back and, and like just ground the conversation a little bit so when we're talking about uh mystery schools how does one get initiated into school is it something that finds you do you find it how does that occur yeah um you know i think uh uh it's like fortunate and unfortunate there are uh, a multitude of them across the planet uh, you know, there's a big, wide, varying range of quality. Um, I really highly recommend if anyone is interested to go seek out, uh, Teresa Ibis. She's mm. the leader of the modern mystery school, uh, for the United States. And she is also a quantum physicist, um, PhD. She is a spiritual genius mm. and someone who I have a lot of respect for. Um, but I, uh, I, uh, there's research, you know, look it up, see what's out there use your intuition, uh, navigate. I mean, the, the whole thing that gets crazy about that is, and, and I, uh, I just know this from doing some cleanup work of other people who went through certain mystery schools. That line you were talking about for some mystery schools is a little, is a little hazy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and the lineage that I came up in was, we are light workers that do shadow work, but we are always light workers. Mm. And there is some lineages that say we are light and dark workers. And I believe that that distinction, while it may sound very subtle, has prominent significance. Um, you know, we're building, we're building the metaphysical principles that I've been initiated in, that I've been researching in for all so long, to be our own you know, microdose mystery school, if you will. Like, like it's not the full fledged take you through all these initiations yet. Maybe at some point I'm still working on myself. I'm still learning a lot. Um, I don't feel like I'm really at the level to offer a full fledged mystery school. And, sure. and, and I, and I, um, you know, I'm also maybe seeking a more elder, uh, uh, 
leadership to inform me in that way. But um, there are there are many out there. They're really quality. Um, I know my friend Iska just went to one that was absolutely phenomenal with a very pure uh, background. You can message her, Iska Avaya. Um, but there there are some out there, and uh, a lot of them are really beautiful. There's most of them are still fairly woo, <laughs> and and I think that there is a big need for the woo spiritual, you know, hermetic hermeticism, alchemical magic stuff to meet with you know, the flow genome, superhuman performance, uh, you know, metrics testing biofeedback world. Mm -hmm. And I'm really feeling even more and more called to stand on the precipice of that merger. And, and that's really what the access granted workshop was about was an experiment of being able to be that merger. And now, you know, starting to explore how we can interface with better technological tools in order to perform that. Yeah, and I, I don't find even where we live uh, as much as there's beautifully gifted people and all that kind of stuff that it, it's difficult to find people who play in both realms yes. that can that are like super woo can blast off into multi density areas and then be come back and be super grounded. I mean, I, I know you're one of those people. I feel like I'm one of those people, and 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 it's it's part of I think why I'm so. Um, motivated by the mission because i feel like we're we're the place where it all merges like you know common sense and magic need to merge together yes. as far as i can as far as i can see and i can totally look at the metaphysical and be like oh my god i'm so in awe of it and i'm like yeah but let's build actual structures that allow the common man to have access to it also and i think that's probably why and you know i don't know much about like rainbow societies and, sure. and all the and all these different things but i imagine what i normally see in these kind of societies is that it, it brings this is going to sound terrible, but like it brings the weirdos. Oh yeah. B because it's like they, they, there's people who are like out a little bit outcast of societies and they don't feel very accepted. And they end up, they end up in these places that are very accepting of the strange. And then you get a lot of, you know, people who are uh, socialized in, in ways that they don't know how to socialize with other people. Well, and they don't know what a sexual boundary is and they don't know that they're not supposed to, you know, that they can't do this. And this makes people feel uncomfortable, not bad or wrong, just doesn't generally work when we're like trying to build, you know, so, so many societies. Now what's interesting about what you're sharing with me and what's coming up for me is I, I keep thinking of, of um, transformation, like in a global format, mm -hmm. like we're going to impact everybody. But if I watch what's happening online right now is we're congregating into smaller and smaller, like sub communities, mm -hmm. even with celebrity status changed so much where they say like the younger generation, the millennials, they follow YouTube celebrities more readily than they follow Hollywood celebrities. I don't know a single YouTube celebrity. Like there's barely any that I follow. And I guess maybe I just don't categorize them that way. I'm hooked on YouTube celebrities actually. <laughs> okay. Are you? So like, there's a few like in the fitness space that I watch, I guess I'm fine. Fair enough. Let's call them celebrities. And, but that's how we seem to be like positioning ourselves. And, and I know that from even from my own business, like if, if I wanted to make a million dollars this year, most people were thinking, oh, fuck a million dollars. It's like, I need to get all these clients. So now you kind of need like 500 to a thousand people that just really love your message. It's right. like, if you spent the next five, six years building content online, you're telling me you can't find a thousand people who are like all about you. They love your message, oh, what you share. Wow. And then it's like, you know, a thousand dollar program, boom, you have your million dollars. So you know, that's what I'm noticing. I'm like, do you think it's like, are we, and I know it's a big question and then that's, um, there's no I right answer. Conversation. Yeah. It, do you think we're kind of spinning our wheels by trying to create global initiatives that everyone's going to sign on to, which does not seem to be the way that we operate at all. Or it's like, all right, I live in California. Let me uh, work on my 10 square miles, make this fucking place awesome. And this is where I'm going to spend my time anyway. Oh man, that's just such a valuable perspective. Nice, nice articulation too. Um, 
I think that in a world of meta everything all the time, we're craving the comfort of intimacy and we're craving the comfort of connection. Mm. And I think, I think that it's funny because some people will say that if you're into like metaphysics or you're into kind of the wake up work in some way, consciousness, uh, that you're into the new world order or like globalism or, you know, whatever that is. It's so weird how these definitions get entangled and fucked with. Um, I think that, that what we're returning to is um, these villages and these micro ecosystems. I think that the micro ecosystems, I think that if, if the biggest issue we have in the world right now is large governing bodies of a too diluted set of belief systems making rules for everyone. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. If, if a bunch of people with the same belief systems gathered up together to create their own governing bodies and to live together and create culture and society, we would have a much, we could all agree drugs are legal or we could all agree drugs are illegal. We could all agree these things because we would have as similar of a belief system as possible. So I think what we're seeing is the bubbling of reality. I think reality bubbles are starting to form. And I, th- I think as reality bubbles start to form and, and media, social media really creates that. We're creating these insulated environments. I mean, anyone who's watching this video right now probably has about five websites they usually go to unless they're just an internet geek, right? There's probably five primary websites they go to unless they're a geek it's ridiculous. We, we were so, we like to really mm-hmm. find our place and settle in. Curated life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, for what it's worth, that can be really damaging and have a shadow. But I do think that there's something there. At the same time, there's a transference level that happens globally now that never could. So my sense is that it's both. I think that the more we come together to just give ourselves maybe even permission, maybe, and I don't even know if this is the truth. I don't even know, but like, maybe it's just an experiment. Like, what if we experiment to, to just go, what if we really bubble up for a little bit? Mm. What if we really create a culture and an ecosystem and a society? What, you know, and, and my bigger vision eventually is to be able to create, you know, the conscious Dubai, a Dubai of omnipositive benefit where everything is hyper sustainable and, and we can, you know, put all millions of people inside of superstructures that generate their own energy and food and create these decentralized governing bodies where people can make their own decisions and just be fucking free because you make let people be free and you let them self-actualize. They want to serve. They want to give back. They want, they want to do things. They don't want to be lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the lazy disempowerment get lost in video games for the rest of your life that there's something there that just needs some healing and love mm. that, that that's, that's not the highest form of self-actualization. There's still something where they're running away and fleeing from this reality into another. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with like VR technology as it grows. Cause obviously that's the, the subset of the video game culture and, and wanting a more immersive experiences. Like I think we're going to get to a point where those experiences will be able to um, replicate if not 100% be in the experience of somebody else's experience, like biomechanically. Yes. Uh, which will change empathy 
in such a drastic way because mm. if you can like literally get into somebody's experience, like I could go to Africa and a VR experience and experience poor people, I'm going to have a completely different relationship to how I look at that part of the world. And yeah. I know that to be true as an Israeli also, like most people are just so misinformed about what's happening in that area of the world oh. that it's like their, their level of empathy to it is I'm like, mm, okay, you know, and you can get angry about it. You can say, look, that's, that's negligence. And like, what do you expect a single human being to have, every worldly experience that's available on the planet, understand everybody's history and stuff like that. I mean, look, fundamentally, we're not sharing foundational upbringings. Mm-hmm. There's, I think there's 33,000, you know, identified religions on the planet. If that doesn't tell you that everyone's looking for a unique signature, I don't know what does. Right. So it's like at the end of the day, you know, like when I look at the future, I look at a future of self-governance. Yes. As, as I imagine you do too, yeah. which, which looks to me like not even identifying a truth of being human. It's like showing people tools that allow them and give them the space to identify their own. Mm-hmm. And if somebody else wants to subscribe to that, I mean, great. If they're not hurting people, if they're happy, if they're you know productive in a way that's involving to them. If somebody wants to sit around and veg out this whole lifetime because they've already done their karmic work and they're just here to fuck around and great, you know, like right. who, who, am I, who am I to judge that? Absolutely. But, the, but the moment we start, yeah, assigning, you know, structures, like you said, these amazing men, possibly women came together too to create the structure of what the United States is. And then built these structures. But if you really understand the form of a structure, it's to be created and then serve its purpose and then be destroyed, except that we have these structures that we refuse to destroy that are clearly not working. And then we build substructures underneath them to try to hold them all up so that the initial structure, like, you know, these initial laws and creations stand stand up and it just creates this like cycle of pain and harm. And this is what we see with laws. It's like more laws to support more laws to support more laws instead of being like, this shit just don't fucking work. <laughs> like maybe yeah, it's time for some yeah. new stuff. Well, yeah. I think I think you're uh, uh, totally like just laser on the money, man. Like I I agree. I think virtual reality is going to finally give people from all over the world a place to convene, where we can come together to experience that empathy and go, "Hey, are you into some similar things that I do?" And be, not be as restricted mm. by land masses and intercontinental travel and customs and all of these things. Uh, all of a sudden, there's going to be these playgrounds. I mean, one of the my favorite quotes around virtual reality that that still just kind of unpacks inside of me all the time mm. is the idea that um, the internet is about to become not a thing you go to, but a place you're in. Mm. It, it is going to be a reality. It's going to be a reality. It's a yeah. place that you're in now. The internet's going to be a, a locale and a destination. Mm. And, and it's going to be an experiential environment. And I think that the minute we have access to all these environments, we're going to go, well, what's my environment? What's the environment I want to be in? You know, totally. uh, I, we almost create these micro ecosystems by nature. Mm-hmm. I guess I got to ask, you know, got to keep asking the question if we're destroying the planet. And that's why I think like if it's all a fractal, right? Mm-hmm. And we're living in a holographic universe, what we're describing as a holographic universe involving AI and internet technology into our world is going to create a holographic experience. We can actually see. That's right. Right. And then like, and then eventually as we sap the resources, I truly believe something is going to come along, whether technology or disclosure or something else is going to help us heal our world. Uh, Even so though, if we don't, we're going to create technology that's can't be that far off. I mean, 15, 20 years where you're biomechanically hooked into a machine Mm -hmm. matrix style uh, AI technology and virtual reality will be at a point where it'll be just as photorealistic as your life. And, it, yeah. and even if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
Because if yeah. you get hooked up long enough, you'll you'll forget. It's like a pair of sunglasses on your face that's on there for 15 minutes. You can't see the right. shades. So if the world is shit, then I get to sit here and plug myself into something and say, okay, well, this is the world I choose to live in based on the experience that I want. It's like vanilla sky. Why the fuck would I not opt into that? Yeah. Why would I want to be in the real world? And maybe we'll transcend and we'll actually just go into that. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. we'll just say, fuck this. We're out this whole, you know, we love this sphere and this planet. And we end up, you know, figuring out some kind of uh, escape latch of consciousness that allows us to go into these transcendental uh, environments that uh, we create through consciousness and artificial intelligence. Or, Or maybe those tools bring us to a greater level of purpose and sustainability initiatives where the planet itself becomes an experimental factory of consciousness Mm. where you go, maybe we go into those environments and rather than have us pull us away, those environments and the AI ask us to look back at what's in front of us. I mean, I think that that's a real reality. If the AI is being created, that that we start to develop out of the resources that are coming out of this planet, I don't think it's going to be that thing where it wants to destroy its creators and take over. No. But I do think, I do think it's going to want to protect and preserve its own existence. Mm. It, it's going to want to do that with such veracity. Hmm. The minute it becomes self-aware, it's going to go, oh, I'm self-aware. How do I stay self-aware? Survival's a thing. Survival's a thing. Yeah. I think AI will adopt survival inherently. Yeah. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to go cool, our first order of business is, is priming the planet for its absolute uh, terraform restoration. And I mm. believe that we are in that process now. And, and the galactics that I'm in communication with, which we'll, you know, we can start to go into that, sure. talk about that a lot. They talk a lot about being able to exhaust certain resources to get us to a point of novelty potential where we can either convert, replace, or transform. So mm. for example... The dinosaurs created oil. The ability to process oil allowed us to go through an acceleration of evolution in the last 250 years that has been unprecedented in all historical records. We've never seen anything like that before. And that's from processing a bunch of dinosaur goop and plant goop that's been sitting under the earth for years. Mm -hmm. But now those oil reserves are exhausting. Well, how convenient that the minute that those oil reserves are starting to exhaust, these sustainable technologies are coming online. And we just saw, I think there was a, a, a publication that just happened because Trump is kind of wanting to, uh, uh, not that I, uh, uh, it's not all bad or all good or whatever, not mm-hmm. going to get into that opinionation, but, but restore some of like coal and oil. He's got a little bit of wanting to keep those industries in place. He's up against the very real factor that sustainable technologies are more efficient, more, uh, they're cheaper, they, they build better, cleaner jobs, they're better for the environment. They are ubiquitously a better investment for everyone. And you mm-hmm. can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in that. And I think it is a race against time in a way, but we'll just kind of have to see. But I think there's, I'm not someone who's like, in the oil, fuck. That's like, no, uh, uh, thank you, oil. <laughs> thank you, oil, fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's got me this far. Mm-hmm. Now let's, let's work on replacing it. And I think that that kind of environmental compassion can help restore things a lot so that we're not just trying to pit against things to just, to just 
fortify what we believe should be the way. Sure. So, so let's say, and it came up for me, and I think this will be a good transition to kind of talking more about the quantum space mm. is, you know, if those computers come online and let's say you can't preserve a human body while it's connected to a computer, although we probably could figure that out too, but let's say in the initial onset, you, you can step yourself into a uh, virtual environment where you do want to play out some kind of experiment because what I believe the future is, is once AI gets to a point, like, you know, if you think about like iMovie on your Apple, right? Um, sorry, Apple. Yes, I used your your name here. If you think about like just computer, you know, like even like the DJ phenomena, right? Like when I was younger, not everybody was a DJ. It was a really heralded thing. And then computers came online, iMovie, GarageBand, blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, instead of having a $50,000 studio at home, you could have one of these, yeah. you know, and you're good to go and you can start producing music and that changed the world. So when I look at the future, I'm like, what software is around the corner that's going to allow for like genius children who are sitting at home, but don't have the resources to go and actually invest and create and running experiments that's going to come down to personal computing and where we've seen like genius sporadically come up here and there. If you really look at the history of those people, it's not that just they were geniuses. They were, you know, just super passionate about something and the right environment was there to support it and help them grow into it. So it's like, yeah. we should, we should be seeing a rise in that kind of genius. And we are, that's what like Silicon Valley kind of is, right. um, but like more sporadic everywhere. So my, my point is, is that we, if we get ourselves to a point where we can adopt a software system, put ourselves into a VR uh, kind of like arena and then we could say, well, here's the experiment I want to run. I want to run an entire world where everyone's a liberal. Right. I want to run an experiment where everybody's a conservative and like oh. see how that future would play out so that we can, like you said, from here, like look back and be like, okay, wow, we really get that. That fucking shit don't work. <laughs> you exactly. know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, right. And, and, and the Galactics do that all the time. They call it reality simulation, right? So they're, they're running reality simulations and all these alternative potentialities, right? Like you're talking about the quantum space, these alternative potentialities. Mm -hmm. And I do, I do fully agree that, you know, there's, there's going to be the Google Earth of simulations that have all the people with all the search results and all the belief systems and all the click history and all of the pattern recognition of what every single person is most likely to do given uh, an injection of some kind of information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from what I understand, one of the main reasons that disclosure of extraterrestrial intelligence in reference to the Earth hasn't happened is because when they've ran those simulations of that announcement becoming global and mainstream and having the president of the United States and the prime ministers and, and kings and queens of these other countries make those announcements, it, it hasn't fared to the highest level of what we're looking for. So mm -hmm. now what we're doing is, cool, let's spread this message. Let's create ambassadorship. Let's, let's expand the consciousness. Let's keep uh, assisting the planet in its wake-up process until it's prime and ready for that uh, that that influx of data, and that too will you know will reshape things. And I think that I, I I think that a lot of people look around the world and they wonder why things aren't happening, and they get frustrated and upset, and they get defeated. And I think that when you take this perspective, it's really value-rich because you realize how many belief systems, how many egos. How many souls mm -hmm. we're actually dealing with? I mean, you let all the animals out of the zoo all at once and go, be free. <laughs> it's a little messy, you know? We're, we're, we're figuring this out in real time. So I have a question for you. So just to give everyone um, a back, you know, background on uh, Amateo, and you can correct me however you wish to. Uh -huh. So uh, Amateo is a, a trans channel. Uh, so if you guys know like Esther Hicks, or Bashar, or people like that. Um, he has very much the same capacity. I actually 
Esther Hicks to me, would you consider her a trans channel? Because she doesn't exactly, you know, do it the way that you do it. Yeah, well, I would consider her a trans channel, but her trance itself is different. Very she's, different. She's an open-eyed trance, and her data stream is very value-rich, um, uh, but has a little bit of a different nature. And the, the reason why it might feel so different is because she's not inherently channeling a galactic. She's channeling an ancient. Mm, interesting. Okay, yeah. I mean, I've, I always feel like hers is much more spiritually inclined. Like, you you have the spirituality in it, but it, it's coming, like, like real practical information. Like, holy shit, wow, where that, where's that information coming from? So watching Mateo do this is, is really beautiful. Uh, I feel <laughs> massively fortunate that he's uh, in my ethos, that he's a friend of mine. Uh, I'll just give you guys my personal experience because I, I didn't know what to expect the first time. So they, they're doing like a, um, what they're calling like a kind of like a galactic channeling workshop meaning that, you know, training and, and giving you people context for exactly what's going on with all these relationships to the galactic, like galactic uh, forces that are available to us, different inherent species and stuff like that. And I have a question about that too. Sure. Um, but in the first session, he, he went into one of these trans channels for a good think a good 90 minutes. And when I watched it, I was like holding back tears, like big mm. time, uh, big time. And I'm not a person who cries very easy. So for me, it was like shocking that this was my experience at the time. And then when, when it was over, I, started, I just started crying uncontrollably for like 30 minutes. And the reason for that is, um, you know, for whatever faith I've had and whatever connotation I've had in my, in my faith and my belief, there was just something about watching him do that, that had me feel, um, connected and known in a way that I didn't experience before. Like I felt home for the first time, mm. um, like really home and not just like home in California or home in New York, like home on the planet. And then home as like, hi everybody. Like, yes, holy fuck. We're this giant, amazing family. And um, the feeling of support that it gave me, I mean, that changed my life instantaneously. I com- immediately started operating different because I, for the first time knew within my experience, I'm like, holy shit, we're that supported. Like there's all these entities, there's gods, there's a, you know, a God and angels and everything around you that is playing the same game, which is the game of ascension. And once you're best and best at heart and wants you pursuing your passion and living in alignment with who you are, and they're going to give you everything they possibly can if you're open to it, to like receiving that information and receiving that guidance and really helping you. So for me, I was like, shit, there's no ground beneath my feet. And I've been playing my life like there is. And, and even with all my work and, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I step into what I'm uncomfortable with. I lean into that kind of stuff. Failure is not that big of a deal to me. Like I look for those edges. And there was just like, it was like a different level of that to the point where I'm like, damn, there's literally nothing beneath my feet. Like I cannot fail. And it's like, and I, and I had to ask myself, I'm like, well, how would I operate with that knowing? And that, and that was like, a, it was a really beautiful shift for me. So uh, that's a little bit of background on there. You, you can describe it however you want, but here's something just to like put it into the conversation and then I'll let yeah. you just take it wherever you want. So we're obviously having a tough time, like collectively choosing what's the foundation that we want to grow from spiritually and as humanity and evolve. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to find commonality in that. Yeah. And then you do this channeling thing. And, and when I, when I experience it, I kind of experience it the way I see with Esther Hicks. It's not like one entity. It's almost like a collective of consciousness speaking with one voice and I think to myself, well, are they in agreement? Because are they in agreement about disclosure and how they're going to help us transform and all that kind of stuff? Or are they still having the same fucking debates up there 
but if there is all these voices collectively speaking, obviously it seems to be like a bunch of entities in unison. So I don't know if you want to talk into that. Yeah. Um, I think that at the higher levels of consciousness, if, if kind of inviting this as a perspective for everyone, if they can kind of stretch with me here, mm-hmm. at the higher levels of consciousness, um, there's a greater level of harmonization between all of the beings and reality itself. You know, I think we're starting to see that. Um, I, I had someone recently who gave me shit about spiritual competition or competition isn't spiritual. And I, <laughs> I, my, my, my immediate answer was, if you believe that competition does not fuel evolution, then you do not see what the Olympics have done for world peace. Mm. It, you can do research. The Olympics almost completely thwarted World War II just because Nazi Germany wanted to win the Olympics. Uh, there's a lot to say about this, but so we're seeing that this collaboration of all these multi different cultures, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than people from all around the world. The ticker goes off and they go on a race all at the same time. There's a synchronization. There's a syncopated rhythm there. And the more that we evolve, the more that that comes online, you know, the, the more that we enter into this synchronistic environment and um, where we can set our belief systems aside for these greater orientations and these missions and goals. So my experience of the, the, the beings on that level is many of them are still, uh, there's still a lot of individuality, you know? And I think that, that if, you are, if you are accessing energy that doesn't feel like there's individuality and it just feels kind of like a hive mind intelligence, then you might be working with extraterrestrials or in contact with them that aren't as harmonized or of the light, so to speak, if you will, right? So you're still looking at this enriched individuality. You're still looking at these uh, qualities and characteristics and personalities. You know, that's all stayed intact. But what you have is you have a synchronization that's come online that, uh, that is got a context that they all agree upon. That's not a belief system. It's more their science. And one of the things that we do with this work and maybe why it was impactful is that we blow out the context. We take the context beyond just the, the human mind, the, the, you know, the California, the political, the Trump, the whatever, the planet, the environment, and we blow it out into the, the actual cosmic ascension the universal ascension, these larger cycles of galaxies going through these rises and falls of energy and renaissance. I mean, wild stuff. It's unbelievable. All of a sudden, you have this crazy expansive context. And then when you have that level of galactic mindset, you realize this orientation of this mission is far greater than any of our belief systems. Mm. And, and there's something that becomes so deeply agreeable within the system that we can just go, yep, we're on board with whatever that is. And that's what I see in working with these beings. We, 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 we open up that energy and we go, uh-huh, whatever this is, this ascension of this universe to higher levels of existence, to higher vibrational, uh, more harmonized 
ways of existing. And, and this is science. You know, you, there are ways, even through sound waves, sound waves that, that destroy and frazzle DNA and sound waves that help it repair itself. I mean, mm. it doesn't get more apparent than that. And, um, and, you know, and that's what we're really looking at here. And I think that that's why there's a sense of homeness that comes with it is because mm. the minute that we can feel so much more of who we actually are and that this is just an avatar suit of a soul signature and we are this temporal consciousness, man, it just, we can, we can be more comfortable here and maybe feel a little bit lighter and like it's more of a game, a serious, but also a playful game. Yeah. I wonder, you know, since so much of religion is based upon the afterlife and living in accordance, you know, with what happens after this body dies if we even had agreement upon that, would it, would it change the structure of how we decided to operate? Because to me, it feels like if we are this species that comes down here in, in non-remembrance and forgetting and has to keep rediscovering, keep remembering over and over again where these other species seem to not have that issue, mm-hmm. yeah, they come into different bodies, but they have all the remembrance, which means, look, if I knew I'm going to leave this avatar suit, my marionette here, and then get into my next one, but I would still have my consciousness. Yeah, I might be like, all right, hopefully I like the next model as much as I like this one. But at the same time, I would have a lot less concern because I'm like, all right, the story continues. I'm just going to put another quarter and let's play the game. So I wouldn't okay. really, so then creating like the, the structure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> today's probably a dollar, but back then it was a quarter. You know, yeah, so exactly. I, I remember when I could play a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle for just a quarter. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> So, but I guess that, you know, that would be an interesting thing to ponder that if we really had that knowing of really what does happen and okay, go up, well, I get to choose to come back down here as an avatar, you know, would that change our structure? Mm-hmm. You know, cause I clearly like, you know, the, the, and I may be speaking completely out of tax here, but like the, uh, Muslim religion, that's a mm-hmm. huge part of it. Christian religion, huge part mm-hmm. of it. Right. So it's like, you're talking right there about five and a half, I think, billion people on the planet that would have like a completely different game to play. Yeah. One of the things that um, has always made me very open since I discovered it when working with these galactic beings, which for me are very real. I just wanted to just share that with everyone. My belief system at this stage of the game, (laughs) as hard and ridiculous as it sounds, I'm still very human. And because I'm very human and I'm really, uh, I do my best to be, as honest and as human as I can be and just be very real and full of flaws and shortcomings that are just present that I'm evolving through and growing through and all of that. You know, uh, uh, when you were sharing the experience of like watching me channel, the first thing I was like, oh man, I wish I could watch me channel. <laughs> like, like I want that experience because I'm just going into a fucking trance, you know? Totally. <laughs> like, and it, it's, it's powerful for me. Yeah. But my belief system is that- I'll take you to go see Bashar. Perfect. I, I love seeing Bashar. <laughs> let's go together. It's gonna be great. That's hilarious. Um, and he, it's it's very moving. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 thing that I've just come to fully realize through these work. I go. I do this technique, and it's and this is just what happens. Mm-hmm. It's not even. I'm not choosing. It's not even like I call upon this. I do this technique, and there is an extraterrestrial on the other side of the veil that's mainlining its consciousness into mine. I am speaking from it, and I am having this vast experience. It's one of the most heightened states of superflow consciousness that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. It's on par. I feel like every time I do it, I do a psychedelic journey. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't even need psychedelics at the level that I, I... 
I used to imbibe in them. I'm, I actually am careful uh, with it nowadays. I'm, I'm sometimes a little bit maybe resistant or just hesitant because there's so much happening even without it. Um, and, and But I, I go into this state and this just mainlines into me and there is these councils, there's these spaceships that are stationed that are broadcasting this intelligence that are interfacing with our consciousness and that are really asking for us to open up our own ability to interface, to have this conversation and exchange. Mm-hmm. And, and the minute that that happens, uh, I'm... I am experiencing this as real and true. And it just is obvious. And, and what they've helped me understand, this is what I was getting at, mm-hmm. what they helped me understand is that humans love what they call prescriptions. Humans love, uh, okay, so no matter what age, race, or whatever I am, what happens when I die? We're all looking for a singular answer. And what they've helped me understand is that the human need for singular answers often creates a a falling short of us being able to actually explore higher truths. When in truth, maybe there's a lot of things that happen when we die. Maybe some of us reincarnate. Maybe some of us go to a heavenly plane. Maybe all of those things happen. And what we're actually looking for is to understand the array of what's possible and then start to get a better ascertainment of what's our path and what's our soul signature. What work do we have to do? What work still needs to get done? Maybe, maybe I die and I you know, clock back in and I'm on another planet doing something similar. Maybe not. Maybe I come back here. I think that there's a multitude of things that happen. I, I think that one of the reasons that working with these energies, whether you believe it or not, is it helps pull off the lid of, of narrow-mindedness and forces us to contemplate a realm of possibility simultaneously, some of that of which may be inherently paradoxical. Feed on that, people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, I've seen it, you know, countless times now, and it's, uh, I mean, real is an understatement. Uh, it's really difficult to explain to somebody what it's like is, you know, even going into the experiences, like, so I did a private session um, uh, with Amateo, and about an hour long and when I went in there I, I asked I told my brother and my mom and I you know they were like well why don't you ask this why don't you ask that and I'm like it's not a good use of it you know it's this is not like going to see um somebody who's going to do an astro- astrological reading for you or a numerology reading for you the, the the information that's coming through is so deep and so interesting it's like you almost want to ask questions just to find out to see if you could fuck with it, you know, and just be like, and just be like, Hey, okay, well, how big can this go? And it doesn't seem to have any like spatial existence. So you're okay. As long as, you know, the one thing I found is as long as you don't ask, ask a question that would set an expectation Mm -hmm. that would take away your free will. Well said. They're willing to answer the question. And I think that's so crucial and important. And, you know, even during our session, there's a few things that I noticed immediately. And I mentioned this to you. One of them was he, um, he or ent- this entity replicated, like mirrored my speech patterns. Mm-hmm. And there were certain times, even I was like, "The fuck," you know, because it was <laughs> it was so dead on. And there were moments where I could sense that the entity already knew that I knew that. And however, wanted to find language that would help me better articulate it, uh, like the way it was articulated to me about how I do my work was the single best articulation 
I have ever heard or none. Even I was like, damn, that's good. Mm. You know, but that was said really quickly. Like there was moments where it was like, like shooting out information because he knew that I knew that, but it's like, this is still good for you to hear and listen to it again. Mm. And then there was stuff that was like, I need you to hear this. This is going to make a huge fuck difference in your life. And it came out slow, very consciously. And for all the times that I've heard people ask the question, there's never been, you know, those, those weird moments in humanity where you think somebody's like done asking the question and it's, uh, uh, oh, okay, no, no, you go ahead, you go ahead. Or um, like the level of presence mm-hmm. and of just like how it listens and it's funny and it's direct mm-hmm. uh, and all these different things. And, and the sense of humor is not like a human sense of humor. It's a very like odd, like, hmm, shit, like things that humans don't think about because it's so part of our day to day that we wouldn't think about it before like another entity is like, yeah, yeah, that's funny. It's a pattern breaking kind of humor. Totally. Yeah, totally. Dismantles uh, definitions and reassembles them. And you're like, you're like, that's kind of clever. And I've never thought about that because I've never used my language in any other way. But like, for an example, like when I first uh, asked a question that first day when I saw it, I was like, I, I said immediately, I'm like, this is making me feel very homey. And uh, he's like, he's like, he's like, you're my homie too. And I'm like, right on. He goes left on also. And I'm like, and it was just like really, really fast like that. I was like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah. I started like giggling to myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it's just not like kind of sense of humor that you normally hear. So there, there's all these things and, and certain things that I won't say too much, but he said around my family in Israel mm. that there, there was no way like Amate would have known that. Like we never even had those conversations mm-hmm. and, and just like the clarity and knowing exactly who that person is and, and just all sorts of different things. I'm like, wow, this is just unbelievable. So I want to just kind of take it back into the quantum because I think that that's at least my experience where the information is coming from. It's coming from mm-hmm. the quantum field. Like it's almost like they're going up to the computer playing out the timeline and then being like, here's the one that we see that's you know kind of like most valid or most predictable for what's going on. Anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Well, um, there's one thing, a couple things. One, I just want to just mention this. I think it's important. The way that this ability opened through me was not like some kind of holier than thou spiritual samadhi. It was actual primal catharsis trauma release. It was crying, shaking, beating on the fucking ground, uh, of dirt in my face, like just, just releasing until I had nothing left. And then all of a sudden, as I had just made all of this space by just letting all of this stuff move through, it was just like a ding. I was like, what is that? That's there. And I was like, Oh, so I just also, I think that that's important that that what acts that, that that what activated this galactic higher thing came from going as low and deep as possible. It, it, that's what that's how it happened for me, um, and 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 I believe that it works for me so well because I still have kind of a wild animalistic personality, you know, uh, uh, and, and that's how I got into it. So I can keep getting into it, right? So I can keep go because I can go like that deep and down and. And, and, and alchemize and go out. So I just wanted to share that because I don't know if that felt like important to come through. Um, the quantum. I believe that if there's one thing that everyone has access to, and that's to quantum states of consciousness, where we expand our consciousness into the quantum field of potential. And the minute that we are operating in a quantum field of potential, a couple of things can happen. One, uh, quantum transference can happen. 
And quantum transference means that data from anywhere, codes, activations, can, can transfer in real time no matter the distance. Distance becomes obsolete. And we know this about quantum physics. So for us to think that we as manifestations of quantum material cannot access quantum states of consciousness when it's proven our consciousness alters quantum states is crazy. You have, you, you have to look at the empirical evidence and immediately go, you know what? This is a reality now. This is the truth. We, we access quantum states of consciousness. That, that's, that's the reality now. Um, so if we influence it, we can, if we influence it unconsciously, we can influence it consciously. And that's what this work is all about. That's what access work is all about. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this unconsciously. Everyone has. Now let's talk about how to do that consciously. And as we explore that opening, all of a sudden, other intelligence that's existing in other planes and dimensions and densities of reality is immediately available. Shamans know this. Mediums know this. You know, a shaman can go into a quantum shamanic state and access elders from thousands of years ago effortlessly. They can sing a song with their great, 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 great grandfather that, they, they, that, that, that maybe this energy connects them to, and it, that, that soul signature is brought back. We can see this all over the place. Yeah, and I, and I love, I love, the, love, love, love this conversation. And so have you listened to uh, or read Stealing Fire? Um, I'm about chapter four, chapter five. Thank you for that recommendation. I am loving Love it, bro. It, right? Oh, it's it so just, good. It just like it just validates so much of the work that we do, and like why I do psychonaut type work and and medicines and all that kind of stuff. And you know, one thing I really love about it is you know we're we're like in a biohacking state of our evolution where it's like, okay, yeah, we can sit around and meditate. Or I can huck myself off this cliff over here, go into a flow state, and basically get, like enter alternate realities. Or I could take these medicines, or I could have this experience, and it's it's really like pick your fucking journey today, guys. Yeah. And, and I get this question a lot. It's like, why don't I just sit around and meditate, or why don't I like deeply practice my religion? And I'm like, you know what? You could. You'll get there. I'm like, do you want to get there in 50 years, or do you want to get there in one night? That's right. You know, like, do you, do you want to be on your deathbed having these discoveries, or would you like to live an entire lifetime with these discoveries? And that's the only difference. And how you want to get there is how you want to get there. Uh, you know, I guess you can call it a shortcut, but at the end of the day, these tools have been used for a long time. So um, I won't ruin the book for you by saying this, but, you know, he talks about like Moses and other um, archetypal people like that from the Bible and the Torah, et cetera. And yeah, like Moses kind of got all three major religions going. And you're looking at these people and, and they had these existential experiences that now I've had also. And the point is, is again, just like we were talking about genius and you have these people throughout history who are just like, okay, look at genius here. It's Einstein. But it's, then there's like these long periods of time without these kind of people. These people too were having these extreme existential God connected experiences coming back with information and delivering and be like, yo guys, look what I discovered. Check it out. You know, and suddenly we have tools that are allowing us to biohack into those experiences. And instead of having a singular data point where we're all going like, did that really fucking happen to that guy? We right. can now evaluate over hundreds of thousands or even millions of data points for people mm. and start creating pattern recognition through people's experiences and start even defining what a God-like experience is or what a entity-connected experience is. Because you know, you're, for you, it's like you've discovered how to channel that without some kind of medicine. Yeah. I went down to the jungle, started taking medicine, but because I even had the distinctions 
and all that kind of stuff. And it's not like it hadn't happened to me before. I didn't even recognize that what was happening was channeling or that my writing for the last year and a half is not my own, even though I've like subtly had those experiences. And suddenly I'm in this channeling workshop and suddenly I'm just fucking channeling entities, channeling ancient healers, you know, channeling entities into my body who are doing healing on me. And it was just beautiful. And I'm like, wow, I can now identify this stuff. And I know that I need to now train myself. That's right to be able to experience that without having to take something to initiate it. And there are moments where I get a sense of that all the time. And I'm like, now I'm looking for tools that allow me to go into that deeper. I love that. I love that. And, and, you know, uh, I think I always compare working with these kinds of energies like painting where when you first start painting, it's really broad strokes and just kind of a lot of paint on the canvas. There's not Mm -hmm. a lot of detail and definition. And the more you you're able to paint, the more, you know, you're, you're able to open up your conduit and, and see the detail emerge. And all of a sudden what became a bunch of blobs that kind of look like a woman is this, you know, arch, this archetype <laughs> with, you know, sacred geometry around her crown. And you realize that you are, you've been bringing her essence through this whole time, but it goes from unconscious amorphous paint into this detailed, beautiful picture that you can communicate. You know, just as a thought, while you were saying this, I just like kind of had this like, like hit. I was like, maybe the reason that we're even going through an exponential evolution, because the singularity itself means that quantum access becomes globally accessible. Mm. Maybe the reason why we're accelerating is because we're accelerating towards a point where all acceleration is the thing where anything is accessible within time all the time. And whatever we need at any given moment, we can reach in, grab, utilize, and, and an instrument. Um, well, and, I, think, and, I think even in, in the story, he talks about a, a blades of a fan, how when it's moving slowly, it's like you can't see, you can see everything, but as it spins faster, it actually looks like a singularity. The blades disappear and you almost have this oneness. And it's true. If you look at anything that's yeah. spinning super fast, it's, it's nearly disappearing, right? It's mm-hmm. like beyond what the eyes can see. So it could just be that acceleration is, is the phenomenon needed towards oneness. Yep. And, and I think what they're covering is the idea of uh, how, all these different methods that we can use to kind of instigate these flow states of consciousness where we do have access to quantum potential. And I think just by virtue of being in there, you're going to fire and connect data points that never could be connected or, mm. or interface before. It just all of a sudden becomes online as an, an inherently available. And that's significant, you know, but in the same frame, it shouldn't be a surprise to people or it shouldn't be a disbelief. And, 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 and it's okay that it is. There's a lot of ideas that if I don't see it, it's not real when it comes to this space. But is it not real when that shaman says that they channeled their ancestor in that song and I felt it? I don't know. But for me, it's the same human biohacking, superhuman phenomenon of being able to medium a dead person through an art piece as it is to interface with a hyper-intelligent species mm. that's far beyond our comprehension of its own genetic potential and its own evolutionary timeline. If anything, it's even more likely mm. because they're at a higher level of consciousness, not a lower level of consciousness that was stored in the past. So if they're existing and alive right now and they're at a higher level of consciousness, why wouldn't we first and foremost, be able to interface inward. Like you were saying earlier, if this whole world is a hologram, of course we're going to be building holograms. You know, I think that in a way our, our oversoul, the supercomputer of consciousness, 
is just coming through us and being built into our reality. Mm. I think it's just a big reflection. That's what AI is. And, and, and I think that if we can get out of the kind of weird, like the whole world's going to become like cloning porn robots idea. We can only hope. We can only hope. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no more, no more wars with cloning, like cloning porn robots. Like wars are done. Peace for all. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, I'm all for competition now and cloning porn yeah, robots. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Um, but I think if, if you can maybe try on, and this is something that I'm always just kind of unpacking that maybe it's more organic than we think. Mm. Maybe all this technology is more organic than we think. All the computers and all the phones, they're running on a piezoelectric quartz crystal. Everything, every, every circuit board is running on a crystal. That's, and silicone. That's, and, 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 and heavy metal, precious metal transistors. This isn't a liquid crystal displays. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're getting to a place where maybe we can find this weird thing where it's more organic and, and maybe we can give ourselves permission to look at if we can access quantum states of consciousness, being able to access interstellar intelligence through this medium first just makes sense. Mm. Soon it will come through this medium Mm -hmm. and then it will come into the physical medium because that's how it works. You know, that's how we see everything coming about these days. I don't know why that would be any different. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. And and it, our technology throughout our entire life cycles have just been reflections of, of internal things that we can do. I mean, we're all walking antennas and I mean, you're, you're one of the best examples I've seen of a walking antenna. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at all technology, even from newspapers to radios to te- televisions and now smartphones, um, it's something that receives information that's outputting a version of reality that we get to interact with at the quantum level and quantum physics is very clear that there's nothing out there you're you we're we're instigating and creating our relationship to physical objects and everything that's around us um and it's not there unless there's an observer to view it and so you're right. literally choosing your holographic experience so i want to share something super quick with you mm-hmm. on sunday i did a work with marcy which was this thing called uh, angel activation right oh, cool. and you call it whatever you want i actually really uh invite you to go watch the video of the guy who did it uh he did like a 50 minute um, just like a little introduction about what it was and how it oh, came about. Oh. And he literally, this came to him while he was in New York on 9-11. Whoa. Like that, that's how it got activated. And it had kind of been there, but it like, like during that experience. What a story. Because, because while everybody was down in the shit, he went the exact opposite direction and something happened and he was like, what is going on, right? Mm-hmm. And then he saw himself tra- self-transform people that he was interacting with who were go who would go from like a, just a vapid state to just like completely active and awakened. Can I, can I just touch on that for real quick? Yeah, please. There's a phenomenon that I've noticed and I used to call it the trauma to unity phenomenon mm. where it's like these trauma portals, trauma, a trauma portal. If you go through one, it instantly, boom, all time is accessible. All time is accessible. Every mm-hmm. history, harm, you stubbed your toe when you were five in your toy truck. All of a sudden it's there. You can mm-hmm. feel it. You can sense it. And, and, and usually you go through a little trauma and now that trauma is accessible. That's why plant medicines are so effective. They fucking traumatize you. And they traumatize <laughs> you and they open up the trauma portal and, and totally. then it's all accessible. Totally. And there's something about that where that portal, and that's why I realized, oh, you know, even if 9-11 was a false flag, even if the government and these controlling powers are trying to create trauma, they can't create trauma without actually instilling more unity on the planet because mm. the portal is the same. 
If you're going to create a Unity portal, then there's going to be some traumatic release. If you're going to create a traumatic portal, there's going to be a gate that opens because now you're, a quantum potential gets activated. So I just love that. I, it makes perfect sense that in an extremely traumatic time, he could reach up into the heavens and download a technology. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and look, life finds a way, right? Like balance finds a way. We have a universe mm-hmm. that's just balanced and, and whatever badness you think is being created. I mean, for me, like if you don't watch the news, the world looks fucking amazing. I look outside. I'm like, there's incredible people everywhere. Everyone seems to be happy where I live. They're growing, they're developing, they're talking to aliens. It's fucking amazing. Um, like, I have to tell you, like I was on my way to see you to do that private session. I'm on the phone with like Sean and, and he's like, where are you off to? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to an alien. He's like, no, dude, really, what are you up to? I'm like, no, seriously, dude, I'm going to go talk to an alien. <laughs> I'm like, my life is pretty much aliens, superheroes, witches, wizards, you know, like healers, mm-hmm. uh, oracles. Like I spent time with Anna, uh, yeah, Anna and, and like the last few days. And I'm like, this is my life. It's amazing. But the funny part is like, I know I opted in. Mm-hmm. I opted into this shit. Yeah. I choose to view the world through this. Like, why wouldn't I want gifted healers and like mm-hmm. all this stuff around me? And, and it's because, like you said, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. People have so much resistance to it. Why would anything enter your experience that you're not inviting, right? You think the world, it's exactly what Einstein said. You can either think the world's a miracle or you could think it's like a threat to you, basically. I don't remember the exact line. And it's like, yeah, if you think everything is a threat and media is absolutely programming you to think that everything is a threat, you're going to walk out in the world and be like, yeah, Fox News is right. Everything's a fucking threat. These people are scary and, and, you know, Muslims this and, and kick these people out. And it's like, really, do you want that kind of experience or do you want a unified human experience where you have amazing gifted people all around you i'm clear i chose that and it and it just found me right i was gonna say i just love that man uh i think that at some point i made a commitment that magic was going to be real Mm. and i made a commitment that magic was going to be my paradigm and you know for what it's worth i still have these parts of me that don't fully trust and these parts of me that doubt I still find them and they come up and they kind of pop open and they need love too. And, and I restore them. And sometimes it's not even who it's not even me. And then I have to release it and realize that that wasn't even me to begin with, you know? So I still go through this. I feel like the, the biggest, the biggest ego death I've ever gone through has been in regards to the disbelief of the magical nature of the universe. And now I am putting myself back together every day with believing how incredible and miraculous it, it really is and, uh, and how to live in alignment with that. I just want to say, cause like it's an ever present process, but the magic in my reality is also exponentially enriching. Yes. And exponentially growing. I mean, really yeah. again, quantum, right? Whatever you focus on is going to continuously grow. Um, you know, I've talked about it too the last few months. Like I truly believe magic is our default state. It's not mm-hmm. something to work up to. It's where you start and then work your way up and know that magic is magic is common sense. There's just not a lot of common sense in the world. So you don't see a lot of magic, but it, it really is the way that it is. And, and again, like I think you have to look at our mythology and the books that are being written have been written for decades about this kind of stuff and say, why are you so 
uh, captured by it. Why do you watch superhero movies and go like, whoa? Because you are watching yourself and you are self-recognizing it. And of course, it's just like looking at a picture. If I used to show you a picture of of you and 10 of your friends, you don't give a fuck what your other nine friends look like. You're looking at yourself. You are self-absorbed and you love yourself. Even if you hate yourself, you love yourself, right? So it's like, that's the thing you're watching. You're going like, damn, there I am. And like, I know that I have that inside of myself. So it's like, and again, like opting into that, like, why wouldn't it? Here's the thing. Fuck whether you believe what we're saying or not. You know, Amateo does all these incredible things. And still there's the human doubt there about faith yeah. and belief. And there's always more layers to it. And it's growing. But it's like, whether you guys think we're full of shit or whether you think we're absolute geniuses, I don't give a shit to be perfectly honest. Here's yeah. the thing, though. It is weird to me that in today's day and age, with as much information as you have available to you, the information doesn't make a difference on its own. The information is doorways and pathways for you to alter and look at paradigms for having new experiences. Now, in a world where you have seven and a half billion people constantly saying, I'm having this experience, I'm having this experience, honestly, at the end of the day, and with all my students, I say, run an experiment. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to take me at my word, but if anything that I say sounds good to you and you're like, "Hmm, that's interesting, spend an entire week not trying to change your entire life. Yeah. But hyper-focusing on the micro and minutia detail of everyday life. For instance, like an experiment you could run is if you find yourself that every time you get angry, upset, annoyed, blah, 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 you go into guilt and shame and, and these kind of vibrations, which are super low vibrations that have nothing to do with manifestation or that limit your capacity this much. And every single time you do that, you're like beating yourself up trying to find the answer. Notice that beating yourself up doesn't lead you to the answer. Like it does, that, Like look at the model and be like, huh, I've been doing that for 30 years, not getting anywhere, right? So that paradigm doesn't work for that. So that, you know, that whole week might just be about like, every time I get upset, I'm gentle with myself. Mm. That could be an entire experiment you run. Shit, a week, a month, I don't care. And then notice what you notice about how your experience changes. And I think this is where people get stuck. They are like, I want to change everything. My money, my health, my this, my that. And it's like these really big macro things. But what's affecting it are the little micro things that you're not focusing on. And if you were to take on the little small things every single day, the macro is going to change by itself. It's going to be a side effect of just the micro details. So I know that's a little bit of an offshoot. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that so much. I think that a lot of what I share and a lot of what I represent is just a permission slip to open the gate of possibility. Great. That's really my core intention. It's not to have anybody adopt into a belief system that, that is mine. And I think that experimentation is necessary because we're all trying it on for size. I think what, if I was to go, what kind of perceptual internal technology experiment maybe has been most significant for me, it's been to start to look at who I am in a much larger context than just my objective personality. Maybe my soul has a purpose. Uh, Maybe I've been doing something far greater for eras, for multiple civilizations, multiple rises and falls. Maybe, Maybe I have had a place in the universe for a long time doing this kind of work. And maybe I've, I came into this life and forgot and continue to forget because the veil of forgetfulness, you know, that struggle is real. <laughs> but, like, but like, you know, that's been, and that's an endless unpacking as well. But uh, I just kind of invite that. If, if someone wants to try on an experiment too, that is one that um, has had an infinite yield for me and continues to. 
That's important. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me that, that maybe has turned into a lot less of a, maybe like a, like a knowing yes. within myself, like a really deep feeling of shit. I've done this before and okay. shit. Fine. You can kill me. I'm like, oh, I'll be back in 20 more years to just fuck shit up again. Or however long I decide, maybe I'm already born in some other place in the world that I'm not quite, quite aware of yet. It's like, you <laughs> kill this body and that body's like, all right, coming online. Like, just walking into a baby in Kenya, you know, a hundred percent. That's exactly where I would pick too. Like I've already done the middle Eastern thing. We're just going to move stuff. Off baby Taiwanese guy (laughs) 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 this is now become an official uh, adoption telephone for both of our future incarnates 100% (laughs) and you know and I'll come knocking right and I'll look at it like I really have this deep sense that like wow I must have done this before a lot of times because there are experiences I have especially like when Vipassana happened and, and all this stuff came online I'm like I was sitting there, I'm like, this all feels way too natural for me to have done it the first time. Like, my body knew exactly what it was doing. I mean, for those of you guys who haven't seen my video on Vipassana, like, go watch it. All this stuff that happened in there, which is unusual, I suppose, it wasn't hard for me. It was, well, I was not even discovering it. My body was like, okay, I know what to do. Boom, boom, boom. And, like, this stuff just started happening. And most of my experiences have been that way. It's, it's, it's a, like, I've really, you know, a huge distinction for me that's shifted the last few months is I'm not even discovering. I'm just remembering. That's right. There, there is no discovery. We've already done this before. (laughs) And, And if we haven't done it already, I think, you know, again, like something that's an experiment that I've run is, can you stand in the place in your life knowing that time doesn't exist? And if time doesn't exist, it means all things are happening and have happened in the singularity. So, you know, when you, some, you have some experience and you look back at it is usually when we apply feelings like gratitude, love, and appreciation. And by the way, your whole life changes in gratitude, love, and appreciation. Anybody who's ended a relationship and found love, gratitude, and appreciation, you know, you grow like a fucking weed. Magic ensues in your life right after that. So the, if we look from our current position and we start applying the energy of, I know this has happened, and the same energy you would have looking back at a situation that's already happened, can you live in that place? Yes. Not wait circumstantially for the experiences to come, but start training yourself to consistently be in the vibration of, I'm looking back because I know it's already happened. Right. So like when I think, you know, uh, I, I just saw that movie, uh, shit, I don't remember. It's like something about the numbers. It's basically the, uh, the NASA program when they were, uh, going against Sputnik and they had the, the black women over there who were doing like the okay. mathematical work. Amazing. But the, like what I want to mention is Kevin Costner's character brings the, one of the characters into the room and says, Hey, do you believe we're going to get there? And he says, and he says to her, he goes, unless you, I'm paraphrasing, I'm butchering it for sure. But he's like, unless you already have the knowing that we, that we've already been there. He's like, this isn't for you. He's like, I'm already standing on the fucking moon mm-hmm. basically, or I'm already standing on that thing orbiting the planet. So like they finished that. He's like, and she, he asked her at the end, he's like, so he's like, you think we can get to the moon? She's like, we've already been there. Yeah. Because if your perspective is that you have to get there, it's everything is a push and a challenge and a control and a manipulation mm-hmm. to try to set up the circumstances to make that happen versus yeah. like, I'm already there. I'm in that energy now. Like what am I magnetizing to me? That's like bringing forth that reality. It's super powerful in my life. Oh, I love that. Uh, you're, you're so good at articulating things. I get a lot of value out of it because it just puts frames that, that like, because like there's so much that then like different parts of me just adopt immediately, right? But I agree, like, you know, what you're talking about is like basically quantumly collapsing your desires and your intent with some kind of future timeline to just boom, it exists now. Just be in it. So, you know, it, 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 it's an instant 
collapsation. And it's worth, it's worth sharing that when I do the access work or the channeling, there's really no time for doubt. There, there's, there's not any ability. And the, the way that I was able to garner this skill, because it is a skill, it's, it's not just like a, a, a born with thing, it's a skill. I've, I've been able to teach other people this skill. I think that that's one of also the most groundbreaking things is that, is that I've been able to replicate helping others find and empower themselves to activate this skill and now can do similar access work of their own in real time. Mm. And that's what's fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. um, because now, now it's not just about me being an, uh, an authority of wisdom. It's about everyone becoming their own authority of quantum accessible wisdom. And one of the things that comes up for me is this whole thing came online with me ingraining a certain level of knowing a certain level of knowing that all quantum accessible data is always available to me at all times. And, and one of the reasons why I think that, that the trance is a part of it for me is because my human consciousness outside of trance is still figuring that out, is still understanding how to implement that in every remembering moment. But in the trance, uh, that part of me just turns off. And there's only one thing, and there is all-knowing, ever-present, all that is, that is inherently accessible because I'm an intrinsic part of the evolutionary whole. And so inside of that, I can retrieve and utilize information that needs to come through for whatever application and purpose that's given at this time. And you're right, what you said earlier, if that data interferes with someone else making their own comprehension and free will choice inside of their reality, they will not give it. They want to allow that to happen so that they're not steering the course of someone else's trajectory. They are enhancing and illuminating the course that's ever already present. And I think that that's something that's remarkable about it is it's shining light and giving a conversation or an illumination on what is present. And that just gives you a greater data set to make your choices. And I think, I think that that's one of the most empowering ways to serve people. And I've learned a lot from a coach. I learned, I've learned a lot about being a coach by utilizing this ability and how they coach me and how they coach other people. It's made a huge impact on, on my coaching and consulting. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've always said I learn what I teach. Mm-hmm. Is it was really because it's, it's the recognition of, of really what's what's in my bio system that like it's not no longer an understanding but like I know this mm-hmm. you know everything everything is about moving from like understanding to knowing right and what I see especially in Western society is we have an obsession with gathering information that's like yeah that's cute and shit and you sound awesome at dinner parties and everything but like mm-hmm. the the application gives no real world value otherwise everyone's walking around with a six pack and like perfectly healthy because like the, right. the information's available to us does anybody not know how to like get in good shape you diet and you exercise you'll fucking get there and yet we have like a billion whatever dollar industry that all the time is trying to recreate and complicate like this very simple concept so oh. it's like we start looking at what information where where and it, it's not that information doesn't work it's like it's always looking at where's the limitation of every system right? It's like discovering the limitations of all these systems. So like knowledge, wisdom to me is like information that's been applied and and understood far beyond what the mind, it's become a vibration in the body. Mm -hmm. So you were saying like, you you know, you would have, you have, and we all continue to have these experiences that alter something, 
within, right? Like some kind of knowing within. And then there's like this new vibration now happening in the body that you can tune into immediately. But the other systems, the mind and all these other subconscious systems are not yet quite in line with that new vibration. They're like, this fucker is new. And it's yeah. like when something's new in the body, the body's not like, it's, it's attacking. Yeah. And then it shows up like these difficulties. And that's what we talk about, like integration processes that maybe people don't take too seriously. But that's kind of why I brought up the angel activation thing. So mm-hmm. he, it, it's like, it's a, it's a wings cutting ceremony. Mm-hmm. And it is, does not tickle. <laughs> like uh-huh. this is the opposite of tickle. There's some really painful shit that happens in there. Mm. And it's a, it's a fairly short process, maybe like 15, 20 minutes long. My, my, I made some guttural less sounds that I never even knew were in there before. Mm. And when it was all over, it was extremely reminiscent of coming off medicine, mm. right? Like just, whoa, like a big change. So if we're, we're talking about the man, right? Yeah. Standing in two dimensions, when he's like this, that's why you should watch the video. He does a great job of explaining it. This is like, it's going from a 2D sphere to like a 3D sphere. So when you get up, you're disor- disoriented because your eyes have never even seen that way before. Right. So it's like, it's like re- whoa, reorienting to your field essentially. And then the next three days, and this is like an experiment for everybody to like try on for yourself. It is not easy. Uh, the experiment is don't talk about your past. Don't do anything from your past because like that's a rebirth moment Mm -hmm. and then it's like the mind wants to start bringing homeostatic past into your few new future created experience so you have like this empty future and it's funny because like things from your past start showing up as like hi i'm here and people things all these different things and they basically said you need three days or like so the first day we're just sitting around like noticing how much whether you're joking or being sarcastic or like, you know, somebody says something, you're like, Oh, I want to, Oh, that's my past. Right. Yeah. And like, like, where is this information coming from? It's always coming from your past. So isn't it interesting? Like if we truly wanted to transform ourselves and I think it's why, <laughs> why the passionate is so powerful, totally 10 days of silence, you are not creating a single story during those 10 days. Like if there's anything that you don't like about the way that you operate, mm-hmm. notice that you consistently complain about that thing. Yeah. As if complaining about it remo- removes it from your experience. In fact, the complaint is what's keeping it there. Hmm. So it's 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 interesting to run an experiment. Well, A, you're like, can I not use language speaking from my past, which is really fucking hard. I basically took the last yeah. three days off for myself. Yeah, Because yeah. I'm you, like, you if I talk, happen. I'm going to use it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was just worked really, really limited. It's been very interesting. And it, yeah, it brought up some shit. It brought up some shit. It really did. Totally. Yeah, when, I, when I used to do uh, ayahuasca, the, the medicine told me, to um, pretty much not talk to anybody for two to five days afterwards. Mm. So mm. I used to do ceremony and, uh, you know, there was a time where I was living in Portland and I would go do ceremony and then I would hide in whatever room that I was living in for days, sometimes a week afterwards. And um, I might say hello real quick to one of my roommates, but it was, that was really about it. And um, I kind of looked back and I, and I, uh, yeah, you talking about, I'm like talking about the past while trying to not talk about, talk about the past, but mm-hmm. uh, there, there's a real fondness there, you know, because um, I could see how monumental that was for my own growth, being able to preserve and create a new frame of consciousness that I was able to anchor. And uh, I, I think that with how fast we're transforming, it's so natural to have a cognitive dissonance between the new data, identity, archetypes that are coming in uh, the, the, the memory stored in the body and the trauma stored in the body and just all of these things where the, and I think what we're learning how to now is how to accelerate the process of full body operating system 
alchemy so mm-hmm. that it can happen at an accelerated rate at a pace. You know, I think in a way, physical reality is becoming less physical. It's, it's increasing with light. It's vibration is raising. Technology is already really inclining the fact that physical reality is inherently less physical than we think it's both. But um, I think anything that is physical is going to be a little bit on delay. You know, we, what's happening in the, the cell phone laboratories and what's possible is different than the, the you know, go-to-market technology that we purchase. You know, mm-hmm. there's always a delay there. And I think, I think that's a, a macrocosm of the microcosm of the delay between the upgrade of our consciousness and how we see ourselves, our personality, our ego, and our, and our biomechanical machine. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's a super exciting conversation, too, that we're starting to figure out what allows us to integrate these things um, in real time. Totally. Yeah. Great yeah. conversation. And, and I think we'll, we'll start wrapping it up, but yeah. I think that's why we're seeing so much of the United States, like taking prescription drugs, not being able to deal with this alteration that's happening right now. And it's sad, but you know, again, like looking at everything from a, from a spiritual place, from a fifth density type place, mm-hmm. it all kind of seems fucking perfect. Um, you, you know, Trump seems perfect. What's mm-hmm. happening in the world seems perfect. The deterioration of all these old systems seem perfect. Bill O'Reilly getting canned seems perfect. Like <laughs> it, all, it all, it all seems kind of perfect. And it's like, okay, you know, like something is rapidly changing right now. We are living in a world where we're talking about alternative facts, but ultimately we're saying it's like we get to choose the story. Yeah. Is really what I hear, you know. And, and, you know, it's being presented through the media, so it gets muddled as it does. But there are all these beautiful things, like, happening if you look a little bit deeper. Um, yeah, man, look, I would love to have you back on here again. I think Elon would love to be part of this conversation. And uh, I, I, knew, I knew him being here would, would change the conversation completely because for him it's going to be, like, discovery with you where I know you, so I knew we would have a, a, a bit different, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we could do this for hours. So, um, yeah, like, any, any parting words for, for the listening public and anything you want to share with them? Yeah, I think just what you just said, I just wanted to piggyback on that and just go, be a creator, not a consumer. Don't just soak in what's happening in the world and say that, you know, that's your hologram. The hologram, <laughs> go into that self-actualization that we talked about earlier, figure out what that energy is and fucking beam it with everything that you got. And then come with other people together and do that too. And, and watch what happens because what's happening in the world now in terms of the wake up is because enough people are doing that. And we're mm. seeing so much happen because enough people are doing that. So rather than just soak all this in and go, this is the way it has to be, fuck that. We, we do create our own hologram, have fun with it, make it a game, play with it. And, you know, slowly and surely we're going to make these, you know, the fire more empirical more systematized that we're, we're talking about in these uh, conceptions. So, you know, in a way, if you're interested in this, but you're maybe hard-minded, you know, for, for instance, or you just, you, just, you just have to see it to believe it, you're one of those empirical scientific people, do some research, look into this, you know, just, just an invitation of being open and just see what happens. You don't have to take that, but I do invite it. I do invite it for permission because I think today we created a ton of permission. Mm. Permission to see the world a certain way, permission to be a superhuman vessel, an instrument of, of a human, and utilize that permission. Don't just let the, the spongy nature of this reality take away from the quantum potential you possess because ultimately 
that's your that that is our true nature. Love that, Len. Uh, what's the best way for people to reach you? Um, awesome. So hit me up on Facebook first and foremost. If you do want to reach me and contact me personally, feel free to email me at amateorraw@gmail.com. I just like to be personal. If that's the case, of course, uh, feel free to go to my website amateorraw.com. We have a new brand coming out. It's not quite ready yet. Maybe maybe in the future we'll we'll, we'll post it and share it. Sure. But, um, our company's name is Avant Terra. Um, we do a channeling uh, workshop access granted. Um, if that's something, you know, opening these abilities is of interest to you, please contact us. And we also just coach and produce amazing talent in, in this conscious developing world. And so, you know, whether it's a part of the conversation or you're doing something epic in the movement and you want to orient missions, um, it's all it's all welcome. I think this is right now for us and all hands on deck mm. to bring together all the people, the organizations who are going to spearhead this transformational movement. And uh, we just see everyone uh, as an ally on the path in that way and always looking to make those new connections. Brilliant, man. Love you. I'll Love see you, you too, tonight. Bro. Thank yeah. you for coming out here and sharing your wisdom. Yeah, cool. Thank you, boss. Take right, care, man. man. Thanks for bit. this. It was amazing. Sure. My pleasure. Bye, everybody. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all, and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends.